calling all lovers of mystery and fans of a good story. If you haven't already heard me talk about June's journey, you're in for a treat. It's time to don your detective hat in this free hidden object mobile game that delves into the captivating journey of June Parker, a self-proclaimed detective on a quest to unravel the mystery surrounding her sister's untimely death. In June's journey, you get to play as June, deciphering clues and unveiling secret plots within thousands of beautifully illustrated scenes. And did I mention it's set in the glitzy 1920s? New chapters are added weekly, so you will never run out of new thrills to uncover, and you can also personalize and decorate your very own Orchid Island where the story takes place. How sharp are your detective skills? Find out when you download June's Journey on your Android or iOS device, or play online via Facebook games. Your detective journey awaits. I'm someone who loves trying out different makeup looks, but doesn't really wear much on a daily basis, so I like to focus on making sure I have high quality staples. And whether you like a fresh face, full glam, or somewhere in between, you've probably seen Thrive Cosmetics Viral Tubing Mascara. I've certainly seen it everywhere, you know the one in the turquoise tube? So that mascara, along with all of Thrive Cosmetics beauty products, are certified 100% vegan and cruelty-free, which I look for in makeup, and they've got excellent quality to match. And something I didn't know from all the mascara videos I've seen is that for every product sold, Thrive Cosmetics donates either that same product, another product that is needed more, or a monetary donation. They've worked with over 500 nonprofits to help with a wide range of causes like supporting cancer survivors, people experiencing homelessness, education access, and so much more. Knowing that makes me feel even better about using their products. And I do enjoy using them. Like I said, I like having high quality staples, and so my favorites are products that are multi-purpose, like the Brilliant Eye Brightener. It comes in a bunch of colors, and I like using them as eyeliner, eyeshadow, and even highlighter. Thrive Cosmetics is luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 20% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com thrive. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S, dot com slash thrive for 20% off your first order. Sarah Michelle Gallagher of Buffy the Vampire Slayer fan. Hello, welcome to We Stand Together, a pop culture academic symposium. Mm -hmm. We are the pop culture professors. We're smart people talking dumb topics. I'm Lauren Brickman. And I'm Caitlin Bitsagai. And believe it or not, we both have master's degrees and have been allowed in classrooms teaching <laughs> children. It's unbelievable. It really is. Uh, shout out to any of my students or coworkers at any of the higher educational institutes where I currently work. I know you're as shocked as I am. <laughs> so those those co-workers that are trying to distance themselves from you, they're going to learn about standing today. Yes, and what are. is standing, Lauren? It's, well, it's being an obsessive fan of something, you know, a TV show, a film, right. a power couple, or <laughs> in your case, Caitlin, oftentimes inanimate objects. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that does bring me to my stand of the week. Mm-hmm. Um, my stand this week is the new banana almond milk that is available. I, I, guys, I'm loving it. And I know that like about 90% of the population goes yeah. through a grocery store and is like, who keeps buying banana shit? Why is it yeah. available to the public? And it's because those of us that like banana really like it. And we're going <laughs> after it. So we see it, we're buying it. And if you, you, should, you have to advocate for your flavors. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. I'm not here to apologize. You know, I I was going to excuse myself and just leave when I saw mm-hmm. that banana almond milk. Yeah, was... You have your coat on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I was I was I wasn't feeling safe when I saw that this was going to be your stand of the week. But I, I have to say, I've recently discovered a banana latte at a coffee shop okay. in my house. And All it, right. And it. It's changed me. I'm a changed person. So mm-hmm. I get mm-hmm. it. I have more compassion in my heart and more understanding. And I'm, I'm going to try not to be so judgmental. Wow. So you've walked a mile in my shoes and you mm-hmm. see? Mm-hmm. Thank you. Yeah. Well, what are you standing? Educate me. Well, speaking of walking a mile in people's shoes, I feel... Okay. Now, listeners okay. who have been with us since the beginning, when I say that I'm about to say, admit that I have like a dirty little secret, you're probably thinking, well, <laughs> all of her taste is questionable, so why is she feeling embarrassed now? But right. I, there is something that I really, truly love. I love the Netflix series, Jack Whitehall Travels with My Father. Okay. If you don't know, Jack Whitehall... I don't know. Okay. Uh, British comedian, uh, does a lot of stand-up, but he... I first fell in love with him because he was played, like, the, the Lothario rake kind of idiot on this British TV show called Fresh Meat about college students. Loved it. Anyways, his dad, Michael Whitehall, is a pretty, a very successful talent manager and producer. He repped Judy Dench mm. at one point. He repped Colin okay. Firth. Maybe you've heard of them. Yes, I, I see Mamma Mia. <laughs> <laughs> of course, Colin Firth's <laughs> seminal film, Mamma Mia. Um, Mamma Mia. <laughs> but, <laughs> but a couple Daddy. years... <laughs> Yeah, out of here. That. No, that's you, Grant. Even I know that, and I haven't seen the movie. No, it's it's <laughs> you, Bonneville. It's the one that I mixed oh. up with. I'm even more embarrassed for you. Anyways, Jack Bridget Whitehall Jones, <laughs> get out of here. You written? Okay, yeah, yeah. Keep going. All right. So the show, Caitlin. I actually think you would really. Funny you should bring up London because okay. this series is on Netflix and it's been, I think they did the first one in like 2018, but the first season, it was a travel series where Jack, this like young kind of hip guy, takes his very stodgy old father to Southeast Asia and they go on a trip. And then they did one in Australia. They did one in the United States. They did one on um, Eastern Europe and they thought they were going to be done, but then they decided to do one last two episode special and it just dropped this week and it's in their home country. It's in the UK. They start off in London. It's very, I think it's just like silly and stupid. And at the end of the day, even when they're bickering, like these, these guys just love each other. It's fun to see like a guy and his dad just love each other, even when they're telling each other to fuck off, you know? Nice. It is. We don't get a lot of that. Not a lot of media. Father, sons just having fun. And they just, they get the assignment. They get the assignment and they're doing it each time. Anyway, so that's what I'm standing right now. Jack Whitehall, Travels with My Father on Netflix. If you're watching it too, slide into my DMs. Let me know what you think about Winston. Have they gone too far? 
If you know, you know. <laughs> Absolutely. Slide in. But you know, someone we always stand. This week's guest. That's right. This week's guest. Today we have with her new book, The One You Want to Marry and Other Identities I've Had. Please welcome Sophie Santos. Hi. Hi. Thank you so much for having me. I enjoyed your stands. I was uh, trying not to audibly laugh, but I was <laughs> laughing internally. Because you were so embarrassed that Caitlin likes <laughs> banana almond milk. Um, yeah, I can never, uh, I'll <laughs> actually almost logged off. Um, yeah. that was, it's hard. that was too much for me. It's mm. hard because I'm also a coffee snob. Um, mm. and I, I admit to it. Um, I just like a simple ice cortado with oat milk, single shot only. Um, I will ask the barista if they pull double shots, which most of the time they do. And so I say, give the other shot to another guest or yourself, but please leave it out of my drink. Wow. Thank you so much. Have a nice day. Wow. Consider it. Consider it. Yeah. yeah. But I couldn't, I couldn't add flavor. Like I couldn't add any oh, sort of. To be clear. Sounds like torture. To be clear. If I have coffee, it's black. When yeah, I have a latte, same. it's a dessert. It's, it's, a, it's, oh. it's a different adventure I'm on. Mm-hmm. I feel you on that. Yeah. 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 No, coffee, okay. coffee is black. And, and, but I, I have no self-control. So only having one shot sounds unimaginable to me. Just give me a yeah. pot of black coffee and a straw. Well, shockingly, today's episode's not actually about artisan coffee. Which we well, maybe should have done a redo. Maybe, yeah. uh, but, you know, e- each, each week we choose a pop culture topic and we chose one a little, like a little... I would say avant-garde even. Hmm. What do you think? Yeah, I think like, that's a good the, word. The angle is interesting. Yeah. And, and we've taken it from, from Sophie's monthly show, The Lesbian Agenda. And today we're talking about agendas. <laughs> <laughs> okay, great. So, Pop culture it. agendas. So, Caitlin, what is your credential this week? Well, I was once appeared in an anti-jaywalking PSA mm. in Philadelphia. It was a local Philadelphia PSA. Wow. Anti-jaywalking, which I guess is a big problem, was, of course, mm-hmm. now that this is aired. You saved lives. It, it, it's done. Yeah. yeah. There's no more jaywalking in Philadelphia. Wow. Well, I guess my credential this week is that I am currently serving as secretary of the faculty senate at one of the schools that I work at. And iconically, I think I said in a meeting this week, what do we stand for? What is our purpose? Where is our wow. agenda? So I'm on the record as being an advocate for agendas. Wow. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Where is our agenda? Yeah, I, I said it. I said it yeah. and I meant it. Uh, Sophie, obviously, huge credential being the host and creator of the lesbian agenda. Any other credentials in the world of pop culture agenda? Also, or? I just want to say I am the Supreme Chancellor of that mm-hmm. of that group. Yeah. So that's. Oh, yeah. We I just want to re, re. OK, good. Yeah, I, it's gotten it's gotten all the way back to you guys. That's mm-hmm, good. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you know what? I once taught seventh and eighth graders, um, commercial marketing and advertising Wow! Uh, as part of a summer enrichment program that I was not allowed to call it a camp. Um, and I didn't major in, I had six different majors at one point and didn't major once in commercial marketing and advertising and somehow got the job and was teaching them, um, about how commercials, uh, can sometimes brainwash you. And, um, and I succeeded and they... I think I was one of their favorite teachers out of the entire staff. So um, nice. I I would bet they love that. Do you guys did you guys have this when you were kids? I think it was on Nickelodeon. Linda Elderby would host like mm-hmm. Nick News. Yeah. And yes. it, was, it was always like exposing commercials. And I would just watch it endlessly of being like, this is how they make the toy look good. I'm like, what? Yeah. yeah, they were their minds were blown. I remember specifically seeing like what we would do is we'd watch a commercial and I'd have them guess 
mm. what I, what they thought the product was. And there was just oh. one where they're like in the four. It's like it was beautiful. The cinematic the cinematography was gorgeous. And they're just like, you're like in the woods and there's like tea lights. Mm. And it's just like, you know, lanterns are being flown up into the sky and everyone's just like laughing and having a good time. And just like, you're like, oh, you know, this feels kind of car commercially, but yeah. like, what is this? And the at the most... ASMR whisper came on at the very end and said, absolute vodka. It's mm. for us all. And I was like, that's problematic. This is problematic. I was like, I want to go to this party. This sounds really great. You're making it seem like, like there was no, there was no cups. There's no mm-hmm. drinking. It's just being one with the trees. Mm. And the kids were like, what? It was great. Well, awesome. That credit makes me feel very confident that you're about to crush our first game. Oh, yeah, well, we'll see. absolutely. <laughs> it, because this game is called the Liberal Agenda for Kids. <laughs> so, <laughs> conservatives have been claiming Hollywood has been indoctrinating uh, the kiddos for decades. I'm going to give you the claim made by conservatives, and you're going to tell me the name of the movie. Sophie, are you ready? Oh, sure. I don't, right. think I, I don't think I have a choice, but yeah. It. I can feel it. You're going to crush it. <laughs> All right. Conservatives felt the theme of this Disney classic was animals good, humans bad, as the humans in the film showed no sympathy for the plight of the lost animal. So it's definitely not we live in a zoo because that's not <laughs> Disney. Mm-hmm, it's mm-hmm. not Disney. It's not. We love the work. We love seeing the work. Uh, is it a Disney Channel original movie? No. no. Big Disney. It's a question. Is it a, is it a cartoon? Finding Nemo? Yes! Wow. Iconic. Uh, all right. One out of one. Number two. Former Vice President Mike Pence personally penned an op-ed about how this movie could encourage girls to want to go into combat. Uh, is, it a, is it a Mulan? Yes! Yeah. yeah wow. he, he wrote an op-ed about the dangers of Mulan. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. All right. Number three. Conservatives were furious when the entire energy industry was the unexpected villain in this sequel to a blue collar favorite. Mm-hmm. Well, it's not Wally. No, it's not. Oof, this is tough. Is this Disney? Adjacent, adjacent. Disney adjacent. Oh, it's, it's, a it's Pixar. only Pixar. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's right. It's a it's Pixar, Pixar only. Mm-hmm. That's right. Oh, it was the energy. It's not, it can't be like cars. It's hard. They ah, get harder. Ah, they get ah, harder. Ah. Cars, it is. It's like. Cars 2. Yeah! Cars 2, yes. (laughs) That was surprising. And apparently they were correct. Mm -hmm. The the makers said specifically, yes, you're right. The energy industry is the villain of this film. I love that. Um, This one is wild. They do get harder as we go along. The New York Post Kyle Smith called this movie in a review, Kitty Carl Marx, because... Of its global warming, vegetarian, and pro-LGBT agenda. Oh my god. If you get this one, I'm really happy for you. But it's Kitty Carl Marx. You got me. I'm All done. right. It's Happy Feet 2. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I never would have gotten that. I never would have gotten that. Well, I guess the there's two penguins that appear to be a couple that are both voiced by male celebrities so that is lgbt agenda 
Oh mm-hmm. yeah. And that, and also penguins are actually pretty gay. Mm-hmm. Like that's like yeah. a thing that penguins are gay and like lesbian and queer. And True. All but I don't think that's a big emphasis of the movie, but Kyle Smith felt it was. Mm-hmm. Um, the final one, this is our hardest one. Conservatives felt the theme was rich, bad, poor, good due to the villainous nature of the character Tex Richman, an oil man, an oil man villain named Tex Richman. Great name. I'm just going to say that I think it is Hercules. It's not. That would have been great. I love that. I wish it was. I wish it was too. I wish there was an oil man in Hercules. Uh, It is the Muppets. 2011's the Muppets. Oh, interesting. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Never would have gotten that. Well, you know, you got three out of five. And you got most of them. And, you know, you don't really want to be in the minds of these people too much. You know, you you want to be able to get the clues, but, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's better that I don't have the same brain as them. Exactly. I feel safer. You know, actually, I feel safer with a three out of five. So, Vy, unfortunately, you did such a good job that actually the conservative right are blowing up our phones. We actually need to take, we're getting some some strongly <laughs> uh, worded uh, emails and voicemails. So we're going to take a quick minute to try and calm them down so they stop riding our virtual studios and we'll be right back. Okay, I understand. <laughs> You can shop from anywhere doing pretty much anything. You might shop while working, eating, or even listening to this podcast. And however you shop, we all know and love the thrill of the hunt. But do you also know how to get the thrill of the best deals? Because Rakuten shoppers do. With Rakuten, they get the deals they love with the most savings and cash back. And you can get it too. Start getting cash back at your favorite stores like Sephora, Nike, and even Expedia if you're looking to get some travel in. And getting cash back doesn't mean you have to miss out on sales because those can just be stacked right on top. It's easy to use and based on a simple idea. Stores pay Rakuten for sending them shoppers and Rakuten shares the money with you as cash back through PayPal or check. Download the free Rakuten app and never miss a deal. Or go to Rakuten.com to start getting the most bang for your buck. That's R-A-K-U-T-E-N. Hi, I'm Alexis Ohanian. You may know me as one of the co-founders of Reddit, but more recently, a large part of my identity is being a father to my wonderful daughters. In my podcast, Business Dad, I hope to open the conversation about working parents a bit. You'll get to hear from a wide range of business dads, from Rain Wilson and Guy Raz to Todd Carmichael and Shane Battier, to find out how they balance being a dad with a successful career. Business Dad is available now, so be sure to listen and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. GZM Shows and the creators of Six Minutes are rolling out their newest audio adventure with the podcast Discovering Dad. A cautious single dad with a secret past and his rebellious kids embark on a thrilling quest complete with hidden treasure, villains, and a family curse. New episodes of Discovering Dad roll out weekly starting June 11th on Apple Podcasts. Follow the show so you never miss an episode or listen early and ad-free as a GZM Show subscriber. Go to gzmshows.com to learn more.
All right. Well, um, thankfully, we distracted the far right uh, callers and uh, told them to check out a, a new show that was coming to Netflix that we were sure had an agenda. So they'll be busy for the next half hour while we finish recording. Awesome. <laughs> you know, I'd love to present a thesis if you guys would allow. I would um, love I'll allow it. OK. Thank you. Thank you. Um, I want to talk about the movie. OK. Be kind. Rewind. Do you guys even remember this movie or have you seen it? I remember remember it it coming out, but I've never seen it. Okay, great. (laughs) Because it helps me because my agenda to prove this right, what are you going to do? So I think the agenda of Be Kind Rewind was to force millennials uh, via embarrassment to grow up. And we should have said no. So this film, let me describe. It is a Mm -hmm. Michelle Gondry film of Mm. Eternal Sunshine. Um so many things uh science of sleep so it has a sort of magical realism feel but it's also like a comedy and this is where it kind of bridges two time periods and i think i think why it was so of the moment and so great then is like no one's ever going to rewatch this movie (laughs) because it was so 2008 and so it's jack black and um most deaf work in a video store when some videos are gone they get erased and they recreate the movies and then rent them out and then claim their swedish versions this is so 80s and 90s like harebrained comedy absolutely insane uh and the fun is them recreating ghostbusters you know things like that like it's it's a real joyride of a film but like I remember I saw this in theaters in Manhattan with other 20-somethings at the time. And we walked up and we, like, loved it. We're like, this is, like, a generational film for us. Like, it is bridging, like, the old school, the blockbuster, the 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 nostalgia of the 80s and 90s with this, like, more sophisticated future, this, like, more sophisticated art that we're going to be enjoying mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I felt, and Jack Black is always 27 years old. <laughs> sure. So, you yeah. know, he's now, he's going to be Gen Z soon. And I, mm-hmm. I can't wait. Uh, I can't wait for Gen Z Kung Fu Panda. Um, <laughs> but like, I remember really being inspired by this film. And like, I think like, perhaps, I don't know. I kind of think it was intentional, but like whether it was or not, what me and my friends who saw it really got out of it was like, wow, we, we've got a, we got this future. This movie is proving it to us. And it's like, this wasn't true. <laughs> Uh, I have no idea if it's a good film anymore. I loved it. And but at the same time, didn't buy it on DVD, which was an option back then. I didn't it didn't it was just something so of that moment. And I think it's so interesting. And I think the agenda didn't fail. It's just it failed us. Wow. Uh, wow. So wow. that's my thoughts. Wow, that's so interesting. I have never seen this film, but I did have a very strong reaction to his film Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. That film almost changed the trajectory of my entire life. I walked <laughs> See, Gondry's doing it. Gondry has some sort of power because I I think I saw that film. I forget what when it came out exactly, but I was in high school and b- walked into that theater confident I was going to go to school for acting, came out going, "Nope, I'm going for film." And really almost changed my college applications because of eternal sunshine of the spotless mind because you were so moved i just 
I was like, cinema is powerful. Yes. Like, but see, that's what we, I'm saying. Yeah. And mm-hmm. and I think that the, there was the thing is that movie is like pretty serious. I mean, it has some fun, mm-hmm. fun moments, but like, but Be Kind Rewind is like very lighthearted. So I think it had that same thing that you felt, but it's also like, it's okay. Mm-hmm. Like, come in, be an adult. But we should have said no. Yeah. <laughs> We're not doing it. Sophia, are there films or filmmakers that have made you feel like, yes, I need to grow up or I should change my entire worldview and do something different? Oh, well, first of all, I do want to like comment on Eternal Sunshine of the mm-hmm. Spotless Mind. Of course. That movie, like you even mentioning it right mm-hmm. now, makes my stomach want to turn. Yeah. It is. Whew. I think I will always be fucked up by that movie. Yeah, certainly. And I'm actually kind of mad at him about it. Because I didn't need to feel that. Mm. I didn't need to feel that. I, I get I you. I don't want to. So anyway, that's all I have to say about that. Unfortunately, I haven't seen Be Kind Rewind, but I do appreciate you enjoying that movie. <laughs> <laughs> well, I do think it is interesting, though. I will, I will say this. You talked, Caitlin, about how that movie was so impactful, but you chose not to buy the DVD. I yeah, I was thinking about that, too. I did buy Eternal Sunshine. And the sure. amount of times that I willingly watched that movie chose to watch that movie and then feel the pain that sophie described just over and over again that's something i'm gonna Um, need to unpack for a while there you know sophie you bring up such an interesting point about like i feel like there was a there was a time you know when you're a kid you're just watching whatever's fun whatever's cool and then like you get smart and you got to (laughs) watch all the smart movies that make you feel like garbage and then i feel like it is as i get older i'm like that movie was amazing i wish i had not watched it and i i my life is worse now like there, yeah. there's like emotional ones where i'm like yeah i didn't need to be that smarter i, I just feel worse now uh, yeah. the movie i'm thinking of is boat people which is this vietnamese film i watched <laughs> and it is from 1982 and if you just want to see everything Imagine everything that can go wrong for a family. It happens. And then as soon as you think you have, like, there's the last hour of the film. And you're like, oh, my God. Well, I was like, I learned a lot. Wish I was stupider. Yeah. I I wish I didn't have the wherewithal to understand what's going on. Um, And that would be great. Um, Or maybe why don't I just take a fucking machine and delete my brain? Like, eternal sunshine Mm. of the spotless mind. Oh, it's not your original idea. I see. Mm. Uh, Well, positive note. Mm -hmm. Positive. Big John Favreau fan. Mm. Big John Favreau fan. Um, big John Favreau fan. Uh, I'm a huge Iron Man fan. Um, oh, and I'm a big Marvel head. But also he directed Elf. And Elf yeah. to me is maybe one of the funniest movies of all time. Um, it's a great comedy. Will Ferrell is truly at his best. I think he should have won an Oscar for it. Um, I think Zoe Deschanel is perfectly charming. Um, <laughs> I think, you know, down to, my God, of course, I'm forgetting the, the name of um, both uh, of Buddy's parents who are James Kahn and uh, Mary Steenburgen. Yes. And also uh, Bob Newhart, right? Is yes. I mean, North it's Pole. just like, a, it just, just the cast. It just, uh, I'll, and I'll watch it. I watch it every holiday. Um, and I do love that John Favreau is like not shy to put himself in his own movies. <laughs> um, and that to me is great. And I love it because he, he plays the dentist in Elf, which I think is 
very funny. That's right. It's so funny that you bring up Elf. Um, shout out to my little brother who listens to this podcast every week because he's probably freaking out right now because it's his favorite movie. He owns every piece of Elf merchandise you could possibly own. Ask him if he has. Ask him if he has the um. The cups. I wonder if he has the cups. David, do you have the cups? (laughs) I will find out because the kid has a onesie. He's got the cereal. He's got everything. But um, so I, too, I've seen this a million times. It's I I kind of feel like I haven't again. I haven't seen Be Kind Rewind, but it sounds like they're kind of the antithesis, right? Like Be Kind Mm -hmm. Rewind is like going to say is like forcing millennials to grow up, whereas Elf was the one that's like, oh, but actually we never actually fully have to. Right. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And what happens when you do? What happens when you do? You yeah. um, are emotionalists. You mm. don't treat your wife kind. You're not you're not kind to your wife. Uh, you're a workaholic. You don't spend time with your son. Yeah. Um, who just looks up to you. And that's what happens um, when you decide to grow up. And and really buddy, the, the di- mm-hmm. that dichotomy between these two films is the millennial struggle. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I totally think so. And it was interesting. Like, I just think it's so hard. Like, this, I started to talk about Be Kind Rewind. I was like, they won't have seen this movie. And I, I yeah. went with it anyway because I was like, I just think it was such a specific moment that, like, you just, if you missed it, you missed it, which is weird mm-hmm. for our modern culture because everything's like streaming, everything's like, it, it just doesn't, it, it's interesting to me what things feel like are going to be seminal and what really is well it's interesting because it came out at a time like it came out i think in my junior or senior year of college which was just not a time when i movies were not like easy to go to at that time period of my life right It, it was an effort to like get to the movie theater and uh yeah so yeah yeah. well you know what's funny and why i probably think of it as so generational i remember the preview before the movie was martin scorsese's like documentary about the rolling stones and it just Mm. felt like baby boomers jesus christ you need another movie about this like my god so i think that's part of why it felt so in relief like it felt like so for us even though again it was made by a much older man starring Mm -hmm. for sure gen xers (laughs) (laughs) um but again Jack Black will be Gen Z soon. And let me change my thesis to Jack Black will be Gen Z soon. And yeah. And you know what? That's my case. And I think that's great. (laughs) Well, you know what? I think I I feel revved up and ready to go into game number two. And Sophie, uh, as mentioned earlier, being the chancellor of the lesbian agenda, I think Mm -hmm. this is a game where you're really going to thrive and shine today. Right. you know, having done a deep dive on your social media, I've now learned that lesbians are taking over the world and you are oh, leading that charge from what I can tell, Sophie. Yes. As the host of the Lesbian Agenda, um, you're automatically, it seems, the official spokesperson for the literal Lesbian Agenda. Is this correct? I am. Yes. Fabulous. Yeah. Okay. So Hollywood actually called us prior to starting <laughs> to- Do you say Hollywood? Uh, Hollywood. Oh, but well, that's a good idea. I'm already, but, I'm already, I'm already in my, I'm already in a, in the queer mindset. So. But I love, I love this. They, they also called. Okay. But Hollywood okay. called. They heard you were going to do our show, and you know, I don't know if you know this, but famously, Hollywood calls often while we're recording to offer contracts and deals. And when they heard you were coming, they said, "That's why I did the pot." Yeah, of course. Exactly <laughs> why I did the pot. Yeah. No, they said we have to get Sophie Santos on board as the EP for several upcoming reboots of popular 90s romances. 
because it's mm-hmm. time to do a queer take on these. So we're doing a little game that we like to call Pitch Fire, but we're doing the Lesbian Agenda edition. So I'm going to give you the name of a iconic 90s romance that was unfortunately heteronormative. And you are going to use that incredible lesbian agenda to tell us how a reboot would fix it. Are you ready, Sophie Santos? I'm so ready. All right. Give us your fresh sapphic take for while you were sleeping. (laughs) (laughs) While you were sleeping is the iconic film starring Sandra Bullock, who is a shy uh, attendant at the Chicago subway station. She falls in love with Peter Gallagher. One day he falls, hits his head, ends up in a coma, and she tells his family accidentally that she's his fiance. Long story short, she falls in love with his brother, played by Bill Pullman. It's quirky, it's family, it's uh-huh. holidays. How are we going to fix this so it's not so heteronormative? Well, first of all, mm-hmm. so she's on the train, right? So she's 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 hanging out on the train and um, before she even gets to see Peter Gallagher, I think that she starts talking to the train conductor mm. who is um, full les. Oh, <laughs> okay. And uh, and is probably you know played by um whoever who's who's the actress in uh Gilmore Girls who is like oh she and she's iconic right now in uh, Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. Oh, uh, 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 Alex. Um, she was the original Sookie, but then she ended up playing a bunch of bit parts. Um, right. Yeah, yeah I know exactly who you're talking about. I'm gonna yeah. find her name. Yeah, so she's actually the train conductor. Okay. And so they're they're chatting, and this Peter Gallagher guy falls and hits, <laughs> hits his head, and she's like, "Well, shit, we gotta, we. I mean, this is my train, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so I gotta, I gotta <laughs> do something about it." Wow. And then she's, she, you know, they've they've met, they've been conversing. It's only been five minutes, but they do feel like they are the loves of each other's lives. And so she's like, "Well, I'm gonna help you. I'm gonna come along to the hospital." Um, and wow. they, they go to the hospital together. Um, and they're just like, you know, really hanging out. They're like hanging out in the, you know, in the coffee area, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. really worried about this man, but also not really worried because they just don't really know him, but she's just doing her job. And, um, and then ultimately they fall in love. Um, and when the brother comes along, the brother is, uh, you know, just kind of has a bit a bit part and she says hey uh <laughs> mm-hmm. hey yeah your your brother's in there and then that's pretty much it wow wow it's like a so your take is it's sort of a sliding doors uh situation mm-hmm. where the yeah. the premise remains the same except what would happen if she she met this this conductor played by alex borstein wow i love it it sounds great i look forward to seeing it i'll be there opening weekend but Thank you know you. what else i'm excited about i'm excited about the remake of Titanic. How are we gonna make <laughs> how do we make Titanic a lesbian love story? Well, to be honest, it's already pretty lesbian because oh, okay. Leonardo Le- Leonardo DiCaprio is for sure a soft butch. Okay. And all okay. right. Has a lot of lesbian energy. Wow. Um, yeah. Not and now. has a lesbian haircut. Yeah, um, wow. and is wanting to draw pictures of his of his <laughs> lover, which, as we know, like we like to do that. Apparently, portrait of the lady on fire. Um, oh, sure, Titanic was ahead of its time in lesbianism. Um, but I would say the way we make it a little bit gayer is all we would have to do because I do think they're lesbians. Mm-hmm. Is we mm-hmm. would make the the captain of the ship. <laughs> 
have a moment. Okay. I have a moment with one of his admirals. And oh. when he, before he goes down, before he sinks, he says, you know, I've always loved you. Wow. <gasps> and wow. Okay. and then he says, but you have to go because this is my ship. Wow. And okay. you, I won't let you drown. And wow, he that's beautiful. puts him on the boat with the men and the women. Well, of course, because it's mm-hmm. both mm-hmm. everybody um, with the women. Mm-hmm. Actually, he just puts him on the boat with the women wow. and children. That's what wow. I meant. Okay. Powerful. And and then he walks back and he takes his hat off and he and he sings. Emotional. The solution is is that it sounds like Titanic was already a lesbian love story, so we're just making it more inclusive to the and and making it a, a true queer love story. Right. Wow, I love this. I love this. Well, you've you I, both of these films sound so fun. I can't wait to hear what you're gonna do to ten things I hate about you. <laughs> oh wow. Mm-hmm. How how are we gonna make it less basic? So I think. That Julia Stiles, I understand that she gets wrapped up in Heath Ledger. I get it. Yeah, sure. I understand. Mm-hmm. I would say it's not so much of what's happening in this movie. It's okay. what's happening after. Wow. I think when she reads the letter, she realizes, uh, you know, and they fall in love. I think she realizes oh my God, the way I convey my emotions is via letter. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I, I'm standing up in front of the entire class and I'm crying, which is very lesbian to me. Oh, And I wow. think when she finally gets with Heath Ledger and she's like happy, I think... She realizes. She realizes, oh shit, I had this wrong the whole time because I'm just a teenager. Wow. Mm-hmm. Sure. Mm-hmm. I have been in denial. I've been obsessed with this boy. <sighs> And I, but I, but I'm, but I'm gay. Wow. This is giving me chills. So what I'm hearing is that in the reboot, when, when we pick things up, it's actually at the moment in which the movie ends is where we pick up. And this film is actually called 10 things I've learned about me. (gasps) Yes. 10 things I've learned about me. And we pick up and she's just like really happy. And she's like driving a car and she's just like looking over and there's this new girl that's like right next to her. And she's like, doesn't need. Doesn't need you know? Yeah, because she's now she's been to college and yeah. she's just like, um, yeah. whoa, this was a, this was crazy. I like really obsessed over this person that yeah, I didn't need to. I love that. I love that for Cat Stratford. Cat Stratford living her best life. All right, and, absolutely. And also the lesbian was lesbian. Cat Stratford. Stratford. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. pretty. That's pretty gay. Uh, we we love to hear it. Um. All right. Final question is. You know, part of your overall deal with Hollywood, you know, as one gets, because <laughs> overall deals with all of Hollywood are very common. Uh, you are being given the power to not just be executive producer, but to pick a film from the 90s that you get to star in and bring the lesbian agenda to it. So of all of the 90s rom-coms out there, which one would you most want to drop yourself at the center stage of and help the lesbian agenda continue its worthy cause and mission wow wow you know i'm just thinking mm-hmm. i'm just thinking really quickly of course I... it's a it's a lot i know this is it's a huge decision you know hollywood is banging down your door they're they're desperate for your point of view it, it, it's a lot of pressure so so you know what 
You know what I would say? Mm-hmm. Fuck Richard Gere. <gasps> wow. What are we going to do? Oh, my God. We're removing him. Oh, my God. I have chills. And I am now in Pretty Woman. Okay. I like where this is going. And I rescue. And I rescue. Wow. And instead of Pretty Woman, it's now Pretty Women. It's Pretty Women. <laughs> it's Pretty It's pretty Women. Um, I am now um, trying to help my friend, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Julia Roberts, Vivian. Um, and I'm just trying to help her clean up her act. I'm wow. going to pay for this because I care about you. But it's really like you don't have to sleep with me. Um, I don't want you to feel like you need to sleep with me. Like, this is really just me being a good friend. Wow. And then she's like, but I, you know, of course, over the course of like a couple of days, because it's only over a couple of days. Mm-hmm. Sure. She's like, but um, I want to sleep with you. Yeah, of course. And I'm like, well, I've been paying for your thing. So this does feel like prostitution. And she mm. says, well, tonight you don't have to pay for any. Tonight, <gasps> I, I'll be on my own. Oh, wow. And, and, I, and I'm like, well, what if, what if I, what if we just go on a date? <laughs> and mm. I take her on a date and I'm like, you know, I'm paying for something, but this is just like, this yeah. is just us on a date. Yeah. And then we end up having, making beautiful, sweet love. Great. Wow. And she's like, not only do I not want to be a stripper or sorry, not a stripper. Cause you can, you know, strippers mm-hmm, can, mm-hmm, that's mm-hmm, a, very yeah. important. I understand. She might want to be. She, she might be. want to be, but I, I, I don't want to be, I, I, I know myself worth and you know, there's nothing wrong with prostitution, but for her, she wants to she wants to do something else. She feels empowered and, to make a decision for herself. And I say, you know what? What if that's with me? Wow. Wow. And at the end, <sighs> I go and pick her up in my limo. And, I love that. And oh. then we go off we go off together. Um and uh not only is she changing her profession, but she's also her sexual orientation has now been discovered. And I feel like, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, it feels like Tegan and Sarah do the entire soundtrack. Yeah, I think there's a little bit of Katie Lang in there. Ooh, okay, okay. And I do think there's a little bit of Melissa Etheridge, and there has to be some Indigo Girls. Oh, we're going classic. Okay. And we're also, there's a, and as we're rolling away in my limo, Mm -hmm. Tracy Chapman's, I got a fast car. Wow. Wow. Iconic. Iconic. A happy ending set to fast car is. And our hand on her leg. Oh. And we're we're rolling off into the sunset. And wow. That's it. That's incredible. That's incredible. Well, Sophie, uh, we're going to take a one more quick break just so we can ink the deal with Hollywood, make sure that all of these films go into production. And we'll be right back. Wow, the ink's not even dry, but I heard that tomorrow's day one of shooting for Pretty Women, and I can't wait to to be there at Sundance when it premieres. Uh, Let's not forget it is called Pretty Women now. Mm-hmm, that is that is mm-hmm. the, the key. That's one of the most important parts. That's yeah. one of the most important parts. Absolutely. Of the whole um, now, uh, before we say goodbye today, I I have. I have a short thesis to to share with you all, and I'm going to admit, it, it, I'm not breaking any new ground today. You know, a quick Google search showed me that a lot of people have actually written uh, graduate degree uh, dissertations on this very topic. But, you know, one of the downsides, and there's very few, but one of the few downsides of living alone is that in the middle of the night when I have insomnia, I don't have anyone to talk to. 
Uh, and this mm-hmm, is something mm-hmm. that's just been on my mind in the wee hours of the morning, because many of you have heard on previous episodes, I've been really drawn to rewatching teen dramas, which is not, mm-hmm. this isn't necessarily new for me, but I've been watching, mm-hmm. sh- you know, I have my shows that I've always sort of been drawn to, like Comfort Blankets, like the amount of times I've watched Dawson's Creek is actually should be illegal. It, it Like, yeah. It, I I can't. Some states are passing. Yeah, like I I can't believe I don't have a restraining order filed against me by anyone in that cast. But there are other shows that I watched in real time that I that I'm rewatching for the first time. Right, I rewatched The Fosters recently. I rewatched Greek recently, and right now, I am deeply embedded in a rewatch for the first time since it aired of the TV show Make It or Break It. Which, if y'all oh. weren't familiar, Make It or Break It followed. Uh, aspirational uh, young elite gymnasts on their way to the Olympics. And uh, this was... This was a real timely, and it's actually pretty Mm -hmm. topical right now. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Thank you. Well, and it's... I think the reason it's been... The show is hitting so different, right? I first watched the show. I think it came on in, like, 2009. It was on, like, it came on, I think, my last year of college, and I watched it through my last year of grad school. I think those were sort of the years it was on. And I used to watch it it, it was just fun to like watch women be really like tumbling all the time and strong. And I remember when it first aired thinking it was a pretty like feminist show, but mm-hmm. I gotta tell you <laughs> on this rewatch and it could be the news cycle. It could be all of the bullshit going on in Texas with the abortion bans. And, you know, I've been having my own frustrations with like the industrial medical complex and how women are being treated. So like I'm, a little revved up as I'm going into this rewatch, but I have to say, the theme of today's episode is agendas, and I feel like Make It or Break It and so many of my favorite teen dramas and teen shows over the years have had a misogynistic agenda of how we deal with, talk about, and feel about teen girls' virginity. Mm-hmm. Part of me gets the fact that, like, I'm choosing to watch shows about teenagers and part of being a teenager is growing up and like your body changing and your feelings changing. And so like, of course a coming of age story oftentimes is going to delve into the world of virginity and storylines with virginities. But my God, the, (laughs) I like rewatching this, like I'm in the middle of this storyline right now that is all about, how one of the because the gymnasts aren't supposed to be having boyfriends and i get it they want to keep them eyes on the prize for the olympics on one hand i kind of get it but like the amount of t- airtime spent with adults talking about teenagers virginities is yeah. really wild and i'm in the middle of an episode where i had forgotten that like an adult couple breaks up because they disagree about how they're dealing with the issues of sex and virginity with their children. Like mm. a man dumps his no. girlfriend because he doesn't, he thinks that she's a bad influence on his daughter. It's like some of the line, they're just, wow. the show is hitting so differently. Is this ABC family? It was an ABC family, um, which used to be f- uh, Fox family, which is now Freeform. Freeform. Yeah. And Freeform's better. Freeform is with it. Well, I think that's the thing. And, and you just sort of hit the nail on the head. I think like, 
as upset as I was getting watching this, and then I also, I, like, took a break from uh, Make It or Break It and was rewatching Dawson's Creek and being like, oh, my God, the amount of time we spent talking about Joey's virginity and how we talked about Joey's virginity and the fights Dawson had, like, it's, like, so, I was yeah. like, all of those shows did it. Buffy did it. One Tree Hill. Like, all of my favorite shows. And I was getting all revved up being like, oh, my God, all of these things that I loved were so backwards. But then I took a breath and got excited because I do think it's changing. I think the conversations we're having, they're not always perfect. But I do think, you know, as a grown woman who's still watching um, a lot of teen content. You're not alone. Thank you. Thank you. Um, That's all I watch. It's, you know, millennials. We're trapped between Elf and Be Kind Rewind. It's our plan. Yeah, that's, that's the thesis of you this know? whole pod. But I was curious if you if you all felt the same way. Like, that misogynistic agenda, that, like, need to control when and how a teenage woman loses her virginity feels like it is so a part of the fabric of those shows. But it feels like we're lightening up the reins a little bit. But I don't know if I'm... Yeah, what do you think? I agree. I have something that's actually, it's in line with this, but it yeah. takes it a step further. Tell me. So I do agree. We always put all this emphasis on the virginity. You know, when is Brooke Shields going to lose the virginity? Or <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Or she already lost it and she's a slut. You know, and yeah. it's all of these things. And then like, why would you want to be with her? And and yes, that was a, that's a big thing. Let's put ourselves in the OC for a second. Mm-hmm. California. We're there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And do we remember when Marissa yeah. went full les yeah. with Olivia Wilde? Yeah. I think oh, about yeah, it. Yeah. I think about it twice a day, at least. Olivia Wilde. And it's and it is the Olivia Wilde that we know. It is the Olivia Wilde of Booksmart. It's the Olivia Wilde formerly married to Ted Lasso. It is the Olivia Wilde who <laughs> is now dating Harry Styles. Which, it is that Olivia Wilde. And to your, I'm assuming based on your point about Leo being a lesbian that you would agree Olivia is now in a lesbian relationship with Harry Styles. I'm trying to figure out if that math works. I don't know. You tell me the chance. No, because okay. I don't think Harry Styles. I think Timothy Chalamet is a lesbian. I don't think Harry Styles is a lesbian. And you explained it all to me. I now understand everything I need to know about the math. Timothy Chalamet wears athleisure and he wears rings, and we are behind ring culture and athleisure. Well, we're not lesbian. That's P- that's POC culture, athleisure's POC culture, but for mm-hmm. ring culture, mm-hmm. that is lesbianism. Okay. okay, okay, at its finest. Okay, um, and I think Harry Styles tries too hard, but okay. So <gasps> here's lesbian. the thing: good to know, good to know. <laughs> but lesbians try hard all the time, so that <laughs> is a lesbian. Okay, so we're here. We're we're uh, we're in the OC. We're we're in the OC. We're in the yeah. OC, and I remember at the time when I was a wee little one. And I remember Olivia Wilde coming into the fold and being, I was furious that she had stolen Marissa from Ryan Mm -hmm. and that Mm -hmm. this woman was a witch Mm -hmm. and had poisoned, had poisoned Marissa's brain. And like when she's like hooking up with her and... Like, I, I remember the moment that they kissed yeah. on the beach. And um, I write about it in the book because when I eventually realized that what she, they were doing was actually great and was um, ahead of its time, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I that became my porn where she says they're sitting on the beach and we all know that they're going to kiss and there's a wave and the wave ripples. And Olivia Wilde goes, did I just turn? 
Mm-hmm. Okay. And then they kiss, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. However, everyone was mad at Marissa and everyone was mad yeah. at Olivia Wilde because they were like, what you're doing to Ryan is fucked up. Mm-hmm. And also, you being with this girl is fucked up. And that is misogyny at its core, where we're like, we bring this. So I say it's ahead of its time, but it's also so behind the time because <laughs> we bring this lesbian storyline. But it really was just to show that Marissa was unhinged yeah. and chaotic and that she was just, this was a distraction. And it was really ultimately, it didn't mean anything because she's just, because it, it couldn't. Mm. And Ryan and she and Olivia Wilde took her from Ryan. And that was the narrative. And as a kid, yeah, as someone who didn't know they were gay, I was like on board. And I would every time I see Olivia Wilde, I was like, she's just what the fuck are they doing? Yeah. No, it's really complicated. And it was and it was exactly what you said on one hand it's like oh they were they were moving the needle forward but on the other hand they're like were you really because you really made her a villain yeah you know? she was a villain yeah she was a villain so it was like any type of sexuality at all so it was like the virginity this mm-hmm. did have a point it was the virginity <laughs> also having any sort of sexuality that didn't involve like the men right all of those teen, like, 90s, 2000s shows, it was always through the lens of, it was all through the male gaze, right? Like, how is right. it affecting, I just, I, like, and I never, I knew it, but, like, it just hit me on such a deeper level. I was like, why are these grown-ups so, <laughs> it's insane to me. I, it made me really upset and really angry. It's not going to stop my rewatch. I will finish <laughs> watching all of Ma- Make It or Break It. I will continue to watch Dawson's Creek, uh, you know, to the day I die. You do need to watch rewatch The Secret Life of an American Teenager. Anything to do with pregnancy also was, like, huge. It's, like, one girl gets pregnant, and it's, like, she's, again, tale as old as time. Oof. She's a sinner. Um, I, I, we may need to do like an entire, like week long symposium dedicated to unpacking the perils of secret life of the American teenager, because <laughs> that show is a conundrum. And, but I remember someone and I was in this writing for TV class in college and I found out about that show because someone was like, I'm going to write an episode of this. And we all had to like watch an episode of everyone's shows. And I was like, this is seventh heaven but so much darker (laughs) like it was like it was like seventh heaven but the writers had seen a couple episodes of teen mom and they were like (laughs) exactly they were like exactly we know what's edgy now anyways there's there's a lot here i should probably journal about this some more but thank you all for letting me you know unload on you i've you know last night at 3 a.m when i was on episode six uh, of my watch of the night I just was frantically thinking about how I needed space to do this now Sophie I'm sure many of our listeners if they weren't already in stand with you they're in stand with you now where can they follow you how, they, so. how can they keep up with you where should they be sliding into DMs oh slide into the DMs um yes let's see I'm you can find me on Instagram that's my main that's my main thing mm-hmm. um at Sophie E Santos 
Um, that's where I pretty much post about everything. There's a link tree in my bio, which has all the stuff I got going on. My book comes out October 1st, which is like really soon, so which soon. is pretty yes. crazy, um, which you can get everywhere. Um, but if you want to make an easy, you know, if you want to go on Amazon.com, if that's your thing, if you also, if you're against that, I understand you can find it in your local bookstore. Yeah, find it, get it anywhere. Get it, Barnes and Noble, let's say Barnes and Noble. Um, and I <laughs> Barnes also- Barnes and Noble. Oh, uh, Barnes and Noble's. Um, I also uh, do comedic music, and so I've been dropping a lot of music on Spotify. So people nice. can okay. check out my Spotify. But again, it's just my name on Spotify, or you just go to that link tree in my bio. The link tree sounds like the ticket. Whoa. It sounds like it's got it all. We're going to click on that link tree. Like, go to the link tree. Um, and yeah, it comes out October 1st. Um, the book and it's crazy, and I'm excited, and we'll see what happens. But, yeah. you know. Thanks for thanks for having me on. Of course. Thanks for coming and joining us explore the world of agendas. <laughs> agendas and pop culture. We covered, pop culture. we covered them all. We covered them all. And if you want to cover more topics with us, you can follow us at We Stand Social. We're on Instagram. Yeah. If you're not following us on Instagram, you're really missing out. We're having fun there all the time. This week, I've learned so much from our listeners who have been sliding into our DMs. So come join the party if you haven't already. It's at We Stand Social. We're also sometimes on TikTok. Uh, and you can email us, WeStandSocial at gmail.com. Let us know if you've got an idea for a guest for a topic. Or if you do have a way for us to get in touch directly with Joshua Jackson. Um <laughs> I am still trying. Uh, I haven't heard back from his p publicist in a while. I'm thinking they've maybe got some better spam filters. Look, any leads are welcome. You know, anything big or small, guys. So <laughs> until next time, see you, Stan Stans. Bye. 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 Talmor is my home. My family have worked the land for generations. My gran says the island does not belong to us, but we belong to the island. And we must be ready, for a great evil is coming. And death follows with it. Listen and subscribe to the latest season of Undertow, The Harrowing, a Storyglass production presented by Realm, available wherever you get your podcasts.